And this is my message now. I wrote it coming to church in the car. And it, the Lord didn't give me all of this. I added some extra stuff. Because I like to be prepared. But sometimes the Lord will just trash everything you planned. And it may be for another date. But this is what I planned, that message for tonight. And coming here, the Lord just started speaking to my heart. And Sue always loves it when I don't have a message. She said, you just flow. You you just flow. And then so sometimes I tell her, I said, Sue, why don't you just flow? She said, oh, no, I don't want to flow. I got to be prepared. I got to be prepared. I got to be prepared. And so I love to flow. I'll flow in my prepared message, but it, it's kind of like you got to trust the Lord. And I asked everybody here this morning to trust the Lord. We don't trust in horses and chariots, but we trust in the Lord. And so, you know, God will flip the script on the preacher. What he's asked the church to do, he's asked me to do. Enjoy your saxophone playing, man. That is amazing. Amazing. I got a saxophone player in my church, and he wasn't good at all. But he wouldn't go away. And finally, he's really good. Matter of fact, he wasn't good at anything. I probably rebuked him more than anybody in the church. But he stayed. And now he's traveling more than me. One of my disciples. He got saved at a funeral. You know, I found in my life, you know, God has put eternity in the hearts of all people. You got to remember that. Don't write anybody off. He put eternity in the hearts of every people. And there's a time for everything to be beautiful. And it may not be now. (laughs) And so when I'm talking to people, I know there's a place for God in them. There's so many things that happen in life. So many things that went wrong. They're so distracted. But to everything, there's a time and there's a season. And there's a time for every purpose under heaven. I know I'm here tonight. I know there's a purpose for this scribbled down message. And so I'm going to talk a lot. I'm going to read one scripture. I hope that's okay, Pastor. One scripture. I may quote quite a few. And if y'all could put that scripture up there, Matthew 3.11. We good? Let's just ride. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. I can't walk where Jesus is going to walk. I can't go. I don't have the anointing to do what he's about to do. Actually, John was passing off the baton to Jesus. John had an anointing to point at the one that was to come to forgive men of all their sins. Aren't you glad he didn't point at a camel or a chicken? He pointed at Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He said, he's mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. 
and he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's three baptisms up there. Water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and baptism in the fire. You don't hear much about that. Baptism. Who's baptized with water in here? Loves Jesus. Who's baptized with the Holy Spirit in here? That's all good. But this scripture is talking about another baptism. Baptized in fire. You know, when you submerged in water, if you open your mouth, the water's going to get in you. And if you stay in the water too long, you'll become saturated with the water. When we baptize people, we baptize them in water in the Holy Ghost. The power of God hit them and they go out underwater. That's how we know the Spirit's on them. You got to pull them out of their drown. You wasn't baptized like that? <laughs> We're serious about baptism. But baptized in the fire and fire somebody say and fire and fire and fire I was going to do an illustrated sermon I needed five gallons of gas and some matches in one person and I was going to baptize them in fire Ray talked me out of it they're going to pour gas on somebody and light them up and see what happens you know what's going to happen they're going to move they ain't going to sit still they're going to try to get out of the fire. Isn't that right? But in the Spirit speaking, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't want to get out of the fire. It's the fire I want. And listen, you have to listen tonight with your spirit because your, your mind is not going to catch this. I have gotten to the point, it's easier for me to get people baptized by the Holy Spirit than to get them saved. Sometimes it takes a little work to get them saved, but I can get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. Very easy. So if you're here tonight and you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're a candidate. Because the only prerequisite to being filled with the Holy Ghost is to receive Jesus. And if you receive the one that... Who would, want, who would not want to receive the one Jesus sent? The Holy Spirit. To continue His work to continue his ministry, to continue his life, to continue to be a blessing to the Father on earth. Come on, somebody. Somebody say fire. We got, we got little kids that grew up in my church. They'd go home after my services, and they'd just lay hands on their baby dolls and their teddy bear just saying, Fire! Fire! They'd go home. That's all they'd... Their mama and daddies would say they'd be in the bedroom. All they'd hear them say is, fire, fire. I say Jesus a lot. I say Holy Spirit a lot. But I guess the third runner-up is fire. I love the fire of God. And so I'm, I'm going to read a couple of my notes. Y'all with me here? Y'all okay? I'm telling you, the gasoline may not be a material thing or a physical thing. But the gas of God's going to fall in this place tonight. You're going to get lit up. And guess what? When things start to burn, it spreads. And so if you don't want to get fired up, ignited by God, it'd be a good time to leave right now. <laughs> Somebody say fire. Fire.
fire. In high school, I'm an arsonist. I am. I'm glad the younger people walked out because I don't want too many of the young people to hear this. If you hear, don't go do what I did. But in high school, we would spend months building our bonfire. Months when I was a freshman. And two weeks before they would light it, I went lit it. I couldn't help myself. Me and a couple of friends, we'd get like four, five, six gallons of gas. And we'd run a car close. And we'd all dive out of the cars and run up to the wood. And we'd shake all the gas on it. And I'd say, throw the match. Poof. And then the car would come back around with all the doors open. And we'd just dive in the car and take off. I did that my freshman year. I did that my sophomore year. I did that my junior year. And the senior year, I said, you know what? I might not ought to do that again. And every time we'd set it on fire, all of the fire trucks would come out into police. And we'd come back and we'd ask them, what's going on? <laughs> so the criminal does always return to the crime scene. So that my last year, I'm like, something said, I don't know, I just... I, I decided, you know, I've gotten away with this three years. I better not do it again. So I didn't do it. Some other guy, he decided to do it. They caught him. <laughs> I should be in jail. I have had so much favor and grace on my life. I just love Jesus. I will do whatever he tells me to do. How sweet it is to be loved. By him. I graduated in forestry at LSU. And uh, of course, we had uh, a prescribed burning technique. And what we would do, we'd take a section of woods like this, or, or open field, and we would plow it. Okay? And then we would set this side on fire with the wind and the right temperature and the right humidity it was prescribed burn it was set up that nothing could be destroyed but all the undergrowth and the the foreign matter that has accumulated it could be burned in a way that the trees are not burned so we'd light it on that side it would burn and then it would get the open field that's plowed it couldn't go any further prescribed burn they set me up to burn something Man, I wanted to burn something. I burned a 20-year seed tree plot down. These were trees they would get the seeds from. I burned them up. I, I had the fire so hot. I just didn't do it right. I worked for a match company. A match company. The biggest match company in the world. I worked for the match company. I grew the trees so they could make the matches. I love to tear down old houses. I bought this huge old house. And it wasn't much cypress in it. So I got what I could out. The rest was pine. And I looked at that house. 
I didn't ask anybody. I didn't call anybody. I threw a match to that house. I never saw a house. I mean, this thing went up so fast. It was scary. I'm like, burn fast, burn fast before the police get here. You know, in the beginning, the Lord said, let there be fire. You know, when we think light, we think incandescent bulbs. Every time we think light, we think in fluorescent. We think in light. Life then was fire. It's fire. This little light of yours, it ain't no little light. It's fire. You are the fire of the world. Jesus came as the fire of God. Y'all understand this? You know, I got a conference I just came up with. And when I come get around people like you, y'all talk about so much stuff. My little old mind, I'm like, I start to think bigger. You told me that. I start to think bigger. So I've already in my mind, I got a big conference coming up. Water, wind, and fire. It's a WWF conference. (laughs) And so when I talk about water and wind and rain and fire, that's not who God is. That's his manifestation to us. And so those type of manifestations affect us. Somebody say fire. This almost seems too gentle for fire. I think it's going to be a slow burn tonight. (laughs) I think he's going to just begin to heat you up till you get to that kindling. Y'all know what kindling temperature is? The more surface area that you could have on a piece of wood. In other words, if you have a block of wood, a dense block of wood, and you try to light it with a match, not going to light. Just very difficult. But if you shave it up into a bunch of pieces and then you take that match, it will light and burn everything. Y'all with me? So I'm asking you, what's your kindling temperature? You want to burn for Jesus? You want to live for him the rest of your life and never look back? Well, you need to get ignited tonight. So set yourself, get ready. Civilization as we know it would not be without fire. Everything runs with fire. Those space capsules they sent up, they put fire in the back end to to break that gravitational pull. Your car, it runs by fire. Your washing machine runs by fire. Your cell phone, there's some fire in that phone. I was taking a shower the other day. There was fire in my shower head. It would have blue lights in it. I'm like, I'm about to get electrocuted. <laughs> I mean, they got, they got fire in my shower. So everything, without fire, we'd li- be living in the dark ages. It's why we are who we are today, because of fire. We would not be living in this prosperous country in the life that we have today without the fire of God in everything that man has created and all the wisdom that he's given to 
men. Fire. Jesus took Peter, James, and John on the mountain of transfiguration. He was going to show them something that no man had ever seen. Jesus got on that mountain and he decided to release the anointing in a way that it's never been released in a man. Full throttle. All of the anointing that was inside of him. And the Bible says his face began to shine like the sun. Is the sun fire? His face began to shine like fire. And then his clothes began to turn white and glisten. And then all of a sudden, what was in him got in his clothes. Created an atmosphere. And then that same fire hit those disciples. Knocked them down. They got up. People like... This fire, this cloud has overshadowed them. And I think it was Peter. He said, man, Jesus, we're going to house this. We're going to build, build a tabernacle for you and Elijah and Moses. And it's like Jesus is like, you can't build what I'm going to put this fire in. It's not something man built. It's something I create. He told Peter, basically, we'll put it in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. You'll carry it. You'll carry this glory fire. It'll be in you. Isn't that good? Right after that, they came off the mountain. And this mountain was in Samaria. And we talked about that this morning. Jews had a problem with the Samaritans. They didn't receive Jesus this time. And Peter and James and John, they got a little flustered. You know what they told Jesus? You want us to call down a fire on them? Where'd they get that from? They knew the Old Testament. They knew that Elijah called down fire. And Jesus said, you are of the wrong spirit. That's wildfire right there. He said, I didn't come to destroy man, but I came to save man. Even Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, our, our spirit is the candle of the Lord. So basically what he was saying is, there's something on me. Y'all know that halo that all of these artists paint on my Jesus? They don't do a good job. My Jesus looks like he'd been through the ringer, the way they paint him. Paint him. He's all suck-faced and sour-looking, no smile on him, and a halo. Come on, please. There's fire on him. In the upper room, when they waited for the Holy Spirit, 
Read about it. Acts chapter 2. It's for me and you. And the Bible says, you know, this mighty rushing wind. And then there was a flame for every name. There was a fire. And when Peter and James came from the upper room, they ran across a man at the gate beautiful, but he wasn't beautiful. And all of a sudden, what had touched them opened their eyes. They saw something and saw someone differently. And they knew silver and gold couldn't help this man. And he fixed his eyes on them. And they just said, rise and walk. Fire can talk. Fire is bold. Fire is certain. The fire of God in your spirit. You know what I'm talking about. Man, when your spirit is burning, it don't matter what people are saying about you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You know God's in you. You know, a lot of people look up to heaven for help. I look within. The King of kings and the Lord of lords lives inside of me. And he's full of fire. His kingdom is inside of me. My Lord. So I don't look up. I tap in. The kingdom of God is not something we observe. It's not something we see. It's something within us. The fire of God. Shaka broke Mahasekera Manandaza. Elisha had an anointing on him and he died. And he was in his tomb. And there was this group of Israelites one day. They were burying a man and they saw a bunch of raiders coming, so they got scared. So they threw this dead man into the tomb of Elisha. And the Bible says, as soon as this man hit the bones of Elijah, he stood up on his feet. I'm telling you what. The fire will wake you up. The fire will get you out of every grave that this world put you in. I don't care what you buried with. I don't care what's holding you down. The fire of God or have you stand up. Not ashamed, unashamed. Come on, somebody. You know, when Elijah went up, there was a whirlwind. But he went up, chariots of fire. Come on. You know who helped him up? Elijah. He told Elisha, if you see me go up, be there when I go up. You know, if you help somebody up, you go up. I'll say that again. If you help somebody up, if you help somebody up, you're going to go up. But to help somebody up, you can't be all about yourself. The fire will cleanse you. The fire will take selfishness out of you. The fire will purge you of your sin and your wicked ways. I know the fire of God got a hold of me. It shut up in my bones. That's what Elijah said. 
What do you want? I, I tell you, I don't know if there's anything I want more than the fire of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go. They experienced the fire. Jesus is all in the fire. Jesus is all for the fire. You won't burn. You'll be like the bush that Moses spoke to. You know what started Moses' ministry? Fire. <laughs> the fire won't consume the part of you that the Lord wants to use. It will consume the things that the Lord doesn't want in you. He's a consuming fire. Come on, somebody. I had a musician, long hair musician, good guitar player, came in my church. He wasn't even saved. And he came up for prayer. And I think I was preaching something like this. And he came up and I laid my hands on him. And he just went out. I mean, he was like knocked out. And he got up. And he said, Ben, would you put your hand on me? He said, I think I'm burnt. He, he said, I think you burned me. He don't know what I'm talking. He don't know nothing. He said, I feel like I'm burning. I'm burnt. I feel like I've been blistered by fire. He said, can I go check myself? I said, I said, yeah. And he had one of these little bags. So he hadn't peed in like five years. He said, I feel like something's burning in me. And he said, I think I can pee. I said, dude, go pee. <laughs> so he went. And you remember that? He went in the bathroom. That dude came out the bathroom. I never saw somebody come out the bathroom this happy. It's like, whoa, that dude had a move. <laughs> he came out. I said, are you burnt? He said, no, but it's fire on my chest, in my bosom. He said, but guess what? I said, what? He said, I peed. I said, you pee? He said, yeah, I pee. If you hadn't peed in five years and you pee, you're happy. And so I got the microphone. I said, hey, hey, I got a testimony. I got a testimony. Name of my church is the river. I said, this guy, he peed in the river. Some of y'all will get that down the road. Just, just down the road. I'm just trying to open you up for what God has for you tonight. That's a true story. The Bible says don't count it strange when you go through fiery trials, when you're tried. This world has a fire that tries you, but the world's fire can't touch us. Shake out. This is my notes. I'm just going down my notes. So I looked over my life. When I got saved, I called on the God of my wife. Because I didn't know Jesus. I saw something in my wife. I couldn't put my finger on it. She had peace. She's 5'2". I could do that. But she was strong. Confident. 
in her God. And she had been praying for me for six years. And I'm mean and I'm ugly. And she still loves me. I could see this thing in her. The fire of God. You can't put out the fire of God. Once you start burning, you're just a display for the world. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that men would see your good works. That they would turn and also glorify our Father, which is in heaven. So the fire can be seen. you got the fire on you right now, girl. I see the fire on you right now. There's going to be people just getting touched. The fire is just going to touch you. Maybe you've been in it before. But tonight, the fire is going to reach you. I don't care where you are. You hide in the back, the fire will find you. But I called upon the God of my life, the God of my wife, and Jesus showed up (laughs) to my amazement. My wife came home one night when she first got saved and she said, I fell in love with another man. I knew something was up because she's always at a church like this. I thought she was having an affair with the pastor. I mean, you know, you're always at church. What's up with that? I was raised Catholic. I I mean, we go in for 15 minutes, do the little deal, and you're going. And she said, I did. I fell in love with another man. And I'm like, I would fight. I'm a fighter. Always been a fighter. But I wouldn't just walk up to you and pick a fight. I'd wait till you turn your head, and I'd hit you with whatever I had. I fought to win. And I usually did. And if you were bigger than me and could outrun me, I wouldn't even try to fight you. Because a good fight was one that I won. And I'm in a good fight right now. We win. He won for us. We're really not fighting for victory. We're working out of victory. And so when I got saved, I got filled with the Holy Ghost five seconds later. And the fire of God hit me. And I didn't even know what the fire of God is. I didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. So many things happened to me when I first got saved. I had to read the Bible to find out what it was. And the things I was saying as a brand new born again believer, it was scriptural. It was parallel to the word of God. And I had to find it in the Bible later in later years that, man, what I was saying was the Lord. So that's his spirit. I was on fire. And this is what I have done. I did this recently. I just kind of perused over my life since I've been saved. And I noticed there were times that, man, I was sharp. I was sensitive to the Spirit. I was living on the edge. I could expect God to move at any moment. You know what I'm talking about? And there were times I wasn't like that. And so this was basically the difference. I'm serving God. I love Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm moving in the gifts. I'm growing. I'm preaching. I'm praying. I'm treating my wife right and my family right. And it's, it's all good. It's just, it's just all good. But there's other times when the fire of God comes on me. It's just something different. It's just something different. 
I'm telling you, it's just something different. I want to live in the fire all the time. But it, it just doesn't happen to me. So I'm always looking for those moments for the Spirit of God just to fire me up. I'll say it again. I'm living holy. I have for years. But there's times and seasons where the fire just falls on me. And it's just different. There's a boldness. There's a confidence. There's a knowing. There's a surety. There's a certainty that it, I mean, it don't, a devil don't even come up in the situation. The devil is not even ever talked about because you're so full of the fire of God. I get so many, I get so tired of people talking about the devil. I mean, people measure their ministries by what the devil's doing. I'm like, what? Uh, must have a call on their life. The devil's coming against them. Why everybody's got a call on their life? Well, you must have a big ministry. Well, everybody is going to do something big for God if you're obedient. I don't give the devil any credit. Matter of fact, I've seen the best that he can do. And if I tell you some stories, it probably would freak you out. People say, man, the devil. Most people that said that, they never ran into the devil. I've watched people fly across rooms. I've watched statues blink. Fangs grow out of people. Hulk-type people grow up. And uh, just bow up. And it's never, ever impressed me at all. Because my Jesus got out the grave. And that's what impresses me. It doesn't impress me what the devil is doing. He's a defeated foe. The best picture I can give you of the devil, he's in a wheelchair that doesn't roll and he's paralyzed. And the only thing he's got is a mouth that can move. Other than that, he's been defeated. I I get so tired of people trying to beat up on the devil. You don't have to beat up on the devil. He's beat up. He, He had brain damage. Matter of fact, he lost everything we got. He had a position. He don't have it. We have it. He had an identity. He don't have it. We have it. He had authority. He don't have it. We have it. He has privileges and benefits and in the glory realm of the Father. He don't have it no more. We got it. And what he wants to give us is what he's got now. Fear. The dude is scared to death of us. He's scared. He's fearful. People say, the devil stole my joy. What is he going to do with your joy? You can forfeit your joy. And you know what? He's going to burn in the fire one day. He don't want you fired up. One more story. (laughs) What you laughing at? You know, young people usually catch it quicker than the old people. <laughs> Lord, touch this little, touch this little boy. What's your, what's your name? Who? Isaiah. Isaiah. I'm about to tell a story about Isaiah. The king died, so Isaiah goes to the funeral. You know, funerals are just. Cause a lot of havoc in people's lives because someone you love is gone. So he's at the funeral. All of a sudden, the presence of God comes in the room. 
angels in the room. Crying, holy, holy. The glory train of the Lord is in the room. When you need him, he's coming. If you don't need him, you'll never see him. When you need the Lord, he's going to be the very present help in the time of trouble. Man, all this angel activity is going on. All of a sudden, an angel takes a coal off of the altar of God. And the fire touches his lips. Touches the lips of Isaiah. All of a sudden, he was purged from something. Something changed when the fire hit him. When the fire of heaven hit him, something was changed. He was marked for life. When the fire hits you, you stain. When the fire hits you, you marked for life. When the fire hits you, I'm telling you, you will never, ever go back to anything old. So he got touched by the fire. Listen what happened. He couldn't say this before. This is what he said. Here I am. When the fire of God touched me, I could say, here I am. I'm yours. It wasn't until the fire of God touched me. I could say it religiously. I could say it just to say it because somebody else said it. But when the fire of God hit me, I said, Lord, here I am. Then I said, send me. Send. I could never say that. Once I started getting in the fire of God, it's like, Lord, there's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like the power of your presence. And I said those words. I said, I'm yours. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Send me. He lit up. I'm telling you, God don't need a, God don't need no matches to start a fire. You understand? He don't need any men's help to start the fire in human spirits. <clears throat> when Paul got to the bank, he barely made it. And when he looked up, a fire was already started. He did not start the fire. The fire was his provision. I'm telling you, there's provision in the fire of God. And the first thing Paul did, he started gathering sticks and wood. And he threw it on what God already started. He became so productive. That's what the fire does. It makes you productive. You're no longer lazy. You're no longer waiting. You, you just, all of a sudden, you are mobilized. Send me. Here I am. If you want a full dose of the Holy Ghost with fire just stand up right now and what you need to do is let go of everything you know I talked about the block of wood it's so dense it's so compact 
It won't burn. Loosen up. Let go. Don't stand up if you don't want to fire. Stand up by faith. Fire. Justin, it's your fault. Kenny, it's your fault. Where's Pastor Jerry? It's your fault too. Pastor Cricket, it's all your fault. Y'all started all of this. Some of y'all have been burning, but you'll burn to another level. You'll burn blue. You'll be a blue flame. I'm speaking spiritually. Elisha had trouble, surrounded by horses and chariots. Didn't know how he was going to get out of it. And all of a sudden he got a revelation and he could see something. That his servant couldn't see. And he looked up and he saw. He was surrounded by horses and chariots of fire. And he prayed that his servant could see what he saw. And all of a sudden his servant's eyes were open. And his servant saw chariots and horses. Fire. The difference of the army on earth. And what was for the prophet. They both had horses and chariots, but the ones in heaven full of fire. Somebody say, let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better husband. You'll be a better church member. You'll be a better witness. Your love level will rise. Everything will change in your life as you let the fire of God touch you. Fire, 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 